welcome to Forever Canon. <laughs> the podcast where we talk about the ending of New Jedi Order, book five, and not saying goodbye, really. We'll get there. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and this week on Forever Canon, we finish our 24th book. Hopefully. Does that make sense? No. 23rd book. Yes, 23rd. Aha. And uh, look forward at the end to our 24th a little (laughs) bit. Aha. But yeah, we finished our 23rd book this week. It's been a long journey. We're coming up on like a many year anniversary. Four years, Tim. Four years to read 23 (laughs) books. (laughs) I think that's why sometimes I get so irritated with them. We take a long time. We take our sweet time. Yes. But that is not the case today. We're going to go fast through the end of NJ05, Agents of Chaos 2, Jedi Eclipse by James Lucino. Thank you for bringing your book out here today. I just had to sneak a peek and get a little name remember. That's fine. That's fine. That's what we're going to do today. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon. Talon Card recaps NJ01. Anakin is Centerpoint's only hope. Han frees thousands of droids and friend Droma. Centerpoint is activated. Leia and Hapens arrive at Kalminor. Han and Droma survive River Rapids. Everyone but the New Republic jumps to Fondor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because, you know, they got played by a spy. But so did everyone, it seems like. Fondor was never on the menu. Nope. They were going... Kirillia or Bothaway were the two choices. But Fondor is where we start. Mm -hmm. Chapter 25. The system, the star system, the planets, Fondor is a mess. It's littered with detritus from exploitative resource gathering in the area. There's half a moon missing from being strip mined. It's, it's crazy. bad news. It's, yeah. a, it's a real fixer-upper, as they say nowadays, right? Uh, we're here chasing the Trevi to find the other Rin. Han Solo and uh, Droma and... Did they bring that droid with them? No, right? No. What was his name? Battle Balls? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bollocks. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> See, I knew. Ah, I knew it was something like that. Anyways, we're out here chasing the Trevi, trying to find those other Rin. And of course, on the way into the Hondor, Hondor system, Fondor system, Han Solo gets in trouble with New Republic command ships. And then, bam, suddenly space is a meteor storm. Yeah. But... As we've seen many times in these books. It's not meteors, though, is it, Tim? No, he's like, this is... It looks like an uncharted uh, asteroid thing. It's not. Well, where are all these asteroids coming in from hyperspace? Oh! (laughs) It's the Vong! And the assault on Fondor has begun. The Kresh and its Avenger pursuers, right? Because Kip and his dozen were chasing the Kresh. Mm-hmm. They've all jumped to Fondor as well. They show up right in front of the Falcon. And so Han joins the attack and makes contact with Kip and his own rescue plan. Yeah. We've got everything 
Threads coming together here at the end, right? Like storylines crashing into each other. Yep. Han and the and the refugees have now come across Kip and his plan to rescue Worth Skidder. Yep. Worth Skidder. Unknown that Roe is there. Uh, they don't know about all the Rin that are on there. Yep. They don't know, but serendipitously, they're looking for the ship with all the other Rin, and mm. it jumps right in front of them. Yep. Because, gotta wrap the book up. Yeah. I mean, all right. Literally jumped from hyperspace directly in front of the peop- the only two people who are searching for it, other than the people who are chasing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. But they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Everybody's on there. Cut to a shipyard with a brand new character with like 50 pages left to go in the book. Mm-hmm. A great time to introduce Creed Mitsun, who will definitely survive. Definitely not going to get red-shirted and he'll be spoken of a long time in all the books forever after more, right? He's going to be a very important character introduced with 50 pages left. Yeah, he's he's there to show how hard they're working. Man, this, on these ships. This stuff happens all the time, and I'm like, guess what? I 0% care about this character. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't introduce a brand new character at the end of a long story. I don't I don't care about this guy at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust that he's even going to do anything interesting. His crew are building a now-destroyed Star Destroyer, and they look out the window, and there's a big Vong ship coming. Yeah, right at their the room where they're all sleeping. But is it like just like, oh, let's get the perspective of the everyman as the bad guys come into the scene where they haven't been before? Could be, yeah. I don't care about this guy. What? Yeah, I think it's it's a combination of that and to show how how big of a deal Fondor is because yeah. there are all these people working around the clock. And uh, what a military strategy it is to strike here because all these Star Destroyers that they're building are yeah. now going to be lost to the potential aid they were going to lend in the war. Mm -hmm. That's gone now. And we cut to, as we're gone, Leia is older and Commodore Brand seeing the Vong attack, hearing their reinforcements are blocked and preparing to send the Hapen fleet to Fondor. And Leia nearly faints from her fear. Yeah, because of her vision. What was it? What was it called? What is something... Uh, they ha- there was some very specific descriptor in front of the word vision. No, I can't think of it. Anyways. Bad vision. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> this vision is bad. S- what's coming? She almost fainted from fear. under uh, Learning that they're going to Fondor. Yeah, she had to grab hold of the Commodore. Ah, stop her from falling who, over. Who inaccurately is called Commander Brand at one point. In this paragraph, or at some point in this last ah. four chapters, I remember, I was like, Commander Brand? I'm like, I thought he was a Commodore. And then the next time they said it, it was correct. I was like, I'm busted. Oh, okay. Boom. Busted. Jimmy's editor. <laughs> <laughs> a chapter title? How about chapter title? That's that's the end of chapter 25. Yes, it is. Uh, my chapter title is Greatest Hopes. Keep from falling. I don't I don't. I don't remember why I picked that one. <laughs> Chapter 26. Kip Durin blows apart 
a big bubble airbag on the outside of the crèche. Because apparently this thing is covered in like hot air balloon type of yeah protrusions that are some use of the ship that we don't understand, right? And he pokes a hole in it. They poke a hole in large enough to fly his dozen inside. Or at least a few of them. Yeah. They'll land in there. And I'm like, goodbye dozen again? Yeah, all but all but <laughs> a couple guys, ships that go with Han. You guys are doing something we don't understand. In a very dangerous place that you don't understand. So, like, the Jedi are probably all going to survive. Mm-hmm. Han Solo is probably going to survive. And then everybody else might die. Yeah, because the rest of them have no names. Yo, they didn't even get the Creed Mitzen <laughs> <laughs> treatment. Yeah. They're just his new dozen. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Anyways, Kip, Ganner, and the dozen, or, you know, the the other ten that go down, nine that go down with him. Doesn't it two stay out? Yeah, two ships like stay with, with Han, yeah. around the ship or something like that with Han, right. Well, Kip takes down 30 Vong as they are in the, in the Vong ship. Him and Ganner and the dozen, they only lose two of their own. Battling through the ship. They take down 30 Vong soldiers. Not flying through the ship and blasting them apart. Like they landed. Yeah. And they're infiltrating the ship. Yeah. And they like, they killed. I guess they're not, this isn't a warrior ship, is it? Yeah. And the, they do make mention that this is not the same class of warriors. Yeah, they're like Yuzhan Vong guards. Yeah. More than warriors, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Bouncers instead of like world class fighters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 30 of them, Tim. Mm-hmm. All right. All out. Uh, one of them, I don't remember who it is, Kipper Ganner, one of, the, one of the Jedi, quote, the Force was mute, not stifled, but silent. Here in the ship, here with, like, that's the vibe of all the Yuzhan Vong. Yeah. There is, it's not like the Force, someone's got the their hand over their mouth, and you can, like, hear, Mm-hmm. It's like silent, totally silent. There isn't even a struggle for the force to like push through, which makes finding captives pretty simple, because they're the only bright spot in the force in the entire ship, right? Yep. Ta-da! Some uh, they find a survivor who warns the two Jedi to be careful because worth may not be who you remember. What? We've checked in with him a bunch. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah. Last I heard, he was going to save Randa the Hut. Yeah, but he was in the process of going through Torture Town. So, so has he been broken? We cut to the Rin from Ruan embracing their final hour of life. Because, you know, they've been stranded here at one of the depots on Fondor, and here comes the big Vong ship, right? Yeah, they're they're singing... They embrace it by singing songs and just embrace the apocalypse with a ring around the rosy. Pretty much. Essentially. As they watch Fondor fall. But what's this? The Trevi? A YT? New Republic ships? These are things they all see out of the viewport. Mm -hmm. Which I I didn't really... uh, Do we need that? We know everyone's here. Yeah. Do we need to see them seeing that everyone's here? I guess it's just a way out of like what we came here to see was them, how they celebrate their hopelessness. Yeah. And this is our way out. Hey, We're literally through the window. Here, here's, <laughs> here's some hope coming for them. Yeah. Look at what you can see through the window as we three star cut to 
Center point. Away from Fondor. Yeah. Good distance. Jason, Anakin, and Thraken watching Fondor be attacked. Thraken tells Anakin they can fire center point at the Vong fleet and stop them at Fondor. It can shoot that far? Like, that's really far. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is many uh, hyperspace lanes and many s- star systems apart. Yeah, it shoots through hyperspace. I know, but that far? How do, Does it ever stop? That's a good question. Like, I guess we have the concept of a lightsaber, where mm-hmm. the light just ends. <laughs> doesn't just keep, you know, going. Yeah. But this thing is sh- shoots gravity. Yeah. How do you stop that bullet after you've shot it? Um, <laughs> black hole, maybe. Maybe it's maybe it's a bad idea to shoot this thing. But what is this thing? And then we get Big Brother Jason speaking up. Anakin, you can't, Jason said, wide-eyed. Step away from it. Step away from it now. So wise. <laughs> so poetic. Yeah. So insightful. Anakin, you can't. But, you know, thank God someone's speaking on the side of reason, right? Yeah. Because if Thrak and Sal Solo and the scientists who maybe want to shoot it, if he's, if Anakin, the 16-year-old, right? 15, 16. 15, 14? In there he, somewhere. Young teenager is being pressured by all these grown-ups to do a bad thing, and then he does. Ooh. I don't want to go through that with him. Nope. But Jason uh, speaks up and he says, this is not good. Anakin, no. Chapter title? Conviction. As a Jedi must. Yeah, was, they had was him one. and Jason had a good little, little conversation at one point in that chapter, right? I think. And uh, that good line came out. Yep. Now. Chapter 27. Where Kip and Ganner find worth um, crab welded to the floor yeah. in a semi-embrasive pain-style torture pose. Yeah, he's like laying on his back with his hands and legs tied behind him. With these little crab monstrosities on the ground running around like like coral welding him to the deck of the ship. Yep. Ugh. And apparently... He can't be saved. <laughs> yeah, he says, no, leave me. I'm dying. He's already nearly dead, but he's totally fine with dying, Tim, because he's a hero. His... This guy who the first time we met him was blowing it. He was messing everything up. The first time he shows up blasting at uh, at pirate ships, uh, oh, God, when Leia was meeting with what's his Borsk failure out at whatever new Republic ship, right? Yeah. In the, in book one, mm-hmm. he worth skitter comes in skidding into the parking lot, lighting all the spots on fire with his tires. Like it's now he gets to die a happy hero's death and he's proud to do it. Thank God he got to redeem himself by what? Yeah. Or he's just resigned to his fate. What did he accomplish here? What, how did what did he do that has gotten everybody saved? Because 
that's what happened here, right? The, the refugees are saved. All the innocent people on the crèche are saved, mm-hmm. except for the ones who are already killed. Yeah. No take backs. Fasco, sorry. Yeah. Rip. Rest <laughs> in proto. But how did what did Worth Skitter do to achieve that? The Vong and the Huts were going to turn against each other immediately, anyways. Yeah. And all he managed to do actually was get captured and give more Jedi secrets away, right? He did Not that. Jedi secrets, but like. He made, give the Yamisks, which have a hive mind, yeah, uh, more familiarity with a Jedi. He got Randa officially like on his side, like, help me and I'll do anything you want. He did that, so maybe that'll have something to play out later. But Well, he tells Kip to go find Chine Call and Randa. Huh. All right. Sounds and like this part is very actually repetitive, right? Yeah. They go to a room. They find the people. The people in that room send us to another room to find someone else. Who sends us to another room and cut to Han Solo alone in the cockpit. And suddenly, Droma is with the refugees who are loading back into the Trevi. Am I crazy? Or did we like skip a bit here? It, no, it, it was it was very disjointed. I read it twice. To, uh, was, I thought yeah, maybe I missed something. threw me off. Because he was in the cockpit when the Kreis showed up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but now he's not. <laughs> uh, we skipped a little bit, and so I'll skip a little bit too. Han Solo, 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 rides issue puff. <laughs> Han shoots a Vong ship, and refugees escape. There you go. They can skip. I can skip. Cut two. Kip, Ganner, and Randa. Who smashes many stupid Vong with his strong slug body. <laughs> he just rams them. Just <laughs> blasting them with his impenetrable gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because their skin they're and their... thick lizards. Yeah. Right? They look like a slug, but they're actually a fat booger lizard. Yeah, their organs are so deep in their body that they're hard to kill. Yeah, so many layers of fat. Anyways, Ganner uh, does a cool thing. He throws his lightsaber into the Yamisk's eye, and he's... Dead. Mm-hmm. Simple. Thrashes around. Death. Good news. Good news. Uh, the Vong don't usually let Jedi with lightsabers on their ships because they're very vulnerable to lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> this was a little weird too because John Cal just said, "Go ahead, kill it." Yep. And stood off to the side Every, and waited. Wait, everything's already lost. Like what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is happening here? We're here to kill that thing. All right. Go ahead. But and they're like, is this reverse psychology? And the lights are coming back out of the eye. <laughs> yeah, and then Chai Cal laughs at. Now the ship's going down. We're all gonna die together. Yeah. But does he not was... know that they landed on the ship? Obviously, like we're going out the way we came in. You idiot. Yeah, maybe he doesn't think they have enough time to make it. They start escaping. They call Han and tell him that Roa says hi. No, he didn't. He didn't say hi. He told them. To go find Worth Skitter in another room. Mm-hmm. Didn't say anything about Han Solo or knowing Han Solo. But we just get that thrown in there. Unless, like, Kip knows that Roa and him... I don't I care. Don't know. Write it on the fucking page. <laughs> Cut to... I'm pissed off at parts of this ending. Like, it's so slapped together. Like, not slapped together. It's... It, too much of it had to be cut, obviously, right? All these books have to fit in the same... Three to four hundred page format, almost always. Yeah. 
And this happens so frequently at the end of the books where they're like, man, we got seven Jenga towers that we're going to have fall apart at the same time. And yet they're going to land in a beautiful mosaic. That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. But we end up just like, no, we got to skip this. We're going to pull all these blocks out of the Jenga tower and throw them out of sight. No, he said, hi. No, he's just not on the ship anymore. Droma. Like, whatever. Just whatever we got to do to get through this ending, it feels like sometimes. Yeah. With a lot of these Star Wars books. And I wonder if that's down to editing and stuff. Like, whatever publisher demands. Yeah, editing, publishing costs, all sorts of different things play a factor, I'm sure. Or also, endings are hard, right? That's (laughs) the hardest thing to do is to make everything match up at the end. Mm -hmm. But... It's like a zipper. You got to get it right or you're going to look stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to Jason and talking Anakin off of the control yoke at center point. Crisis averted. Remember, he stuck his hand out to that just blank panel and it goo formed. (laughs) um, (laughs) What, like a cockpit? Uh, Yeah. Joystick. Yep. For him to, to operate center point, he steps away from that. Thank goodness. And guess what happens? That really obviously good guy. Mm-hmm. Thrak and Sal Solo, who has never done anything wrong in his life, except for that time he incited a rebellion and probably definitely murdered people. And kidnapped the Solo kids. Oh, that's and... right. I forgot he also kidnapped his, yeah. his, his nieces, niece and nephews. Uh, Thrakensal Solo shoves his way in, grabs that joystick, and pulls the trigger. Want to be mad at the end of this book again? Go ahead, Tim. You say it. You you say it. it was, only Anakin was supposed to be able to do anything with this. But only Anakin? That's what I wrote. Yeah. Oh! Oh! They're cousins. And that's what I'm sure the excuse is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. They're genetically related enough that the ship couldn't tell. Then why didn't Jason just reach in there and smush the joystick back down? Yeah. <laughs> like, and oh. And it could, could, could be the only one that could turn it on. And then once it's on, people I'm can insulted. use it. I don't know. I am insulted by this move. He needed to grab Anakin's hand while it was on the joystick. Yeah. And force Anakin to do it. Yeah. You can't just say only Anakin, only Anakin, only Anakin, only Anakin. And then at the end, it's like, oh, we were wrong because it's old ancient technology that we like actually don't understand. Then say you don't understand it along the way. I understand. uh, uh, (laughs) Okay, stop saying the same word over and over. I can expect a certain level of uh, disinformation to the people in the book. Like they believe things that that are wrong sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? But this entire book told us only Anakin can help at center point. Only Anakin can turn it back on. We get there. It's already on. Yeah. The scientists have like turned it on. He just pushes the final power button. They've done everything else. He's just like, my hand goes over the jelly and it makes a stick. Yeah. And then this other guy just grabs the stick and pulls the trigger. And we cut to Leia with Brand. On the bridge of the Yald, having arrived just outside Fondor's moons, she feels calm from Anakin and Jason in the force. 
for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's good. Oh, now it's psychotic. Then something, quote, raw and controlled. A flash of radiant energy illuminated local space. From rimward of Fondor's outermost moon, or perhaps gushed from hyperspace itself, came a torrent of starfire a thousand kilometers wide. Coalescing into a savage beam of focused annihilation, it tore into the midst of the dispersing Hapen fleet, consuming every ship in its path, atomizing some in the blink of an eye and holding others with spears of seething light. Weapons, superstructure, and antenna vaporized by the skewering of brilliant mass energy. Note, by the skewering beam, the ships exploded outward, vanishing in globes of brilliant mass energy conversions. Even those ships outside the limits of the beam were hurled violently off course, slagged along their inward-facing sides, or thrown into collisions with one another. The mated saucers of the battle dragons broke apart and disintegrated, and the battle cruisers were snapped like twigs. Fighter groups vanished without a trace. Thrak and Sal Solo really fired center point. Mm-hmm. He didn't just grab the stick and push his button and we cut away with tension and cut back to find out it didn't work. A thousand kilometers of light destroyed almost every ship in the Hapen fleet. Yeah, like three quarters of their fleet or something. After all that talk of only Anakin. Yep. So I guess the scientists were wrong. Mm-hmm. Or, or is there going to be some other explanation? Are they like, is Anakin actually secretly a clone of Thracken Sal Solo, what he replaced with when he kidnapped the children, that would be very Star Wars books. And I would actually, I would accept that. <laughs> I just came up with that idea now, right? But it can't, you cannot say for 400 pages, only Anakin. Mm-hmm. And then like at the last second, this guy did it. Boop. Yeah. And what he did was such a tremendously catastrophic thing. Yeah, he does destroy a bunch of the Vong ships, and he vaporizes more of another moon. He cleaves a moon, he grazes Fondor, and it destroys a lot of the Vong fleet. But there's going to be so much collateral damage. Yeah. Because Thrakken Sal Solo is a terrorist. Mm-hmm. He's a bad guy. He's the extremist, pull the trigger because I have to guy. Yeah. Cut to Han loading refugees into either the Trevi or the Falcon or whatever ship we're on now. Who knows? Pretty sure it's the Falcon. Pretty sure. He reunites with Roa. He witnesses the light. And the Falcon is tossed 2,000 kilometers by that the gravity wave that must accompany that beam of light. Right? They never actually say that the beam stops either. They say, I believe they yeah. say it keeps going. Yeah. So like, so what? How many other people died because Thrakken was like, boop. I know you won't get this reference, but it reminds me of Balefire from the Wheel of Time. Where like, they can shoot a beam of light out of their hands and erase people from the pattern of existence. 
which then sometimes has domino f- dropping consequences or at least should more often than it does on the books. <laughs> but like you shot light and gravity across the galaxy. How does it stop? Yeah. It's gravity. Is it going to run out of momentum? Anyways, he done did the bad guy thing, Tim. Yes, he did. I hope the hundred people that got shoved into the Falcon had 100 seatbelts on. Or else there might be a few dead refugees in the the trunk of the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) There's people hiding in those uh, smuggler compartments under the deck plates. Bad news. Well, they're probably safe. (laughs) Except everyone landed on top of the compartment and collapsed it in on them. Anyways, bad news, right? A bad thing happened. We cut to Nostchoka on his helix-shaped flagship. He can't understand how these people... Just sacrificed three quarters of their own backup to destroy half of his fleet. Namanor knows, quote, a mistake. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's not, that's, he is so wise. Like, Namanor is so well. <laughs> Versed, like well educated himself in the people of this galaxy. Yeah. They wouldn't do that. No. They wouldn't if they would if they would have choose to fire that weapon. Well, if they would have chosen to fire that weapon. If they would have choose to fired that weapon. <laughs> uh they wouldn't have they would never have sacrificed three quarters of their own people doing it. No. Yeah. A couple ships maybe caught in the crossfire what they would have been okay but with. This but... is definitely a mistake. Yeah. And the Vong are ordered to withdraw victorious once again. Yeah. Mission accomplished. What has Thrak and Sal Solo done? Not only did he shoot the thing, the Hapen fleet was supposed to turn the tide of the war and three quarters of them are atoms. Yeah. And what is that going to do to the political relationship between the new Republic and Hapes or Karelia and Hapes? Cause isn't Thraken like a politician over there now, right? Yeah. yeah. He's he, a leader of center point party. Yeah. He, yeah. and they're yeah. like, well, we're going to turn center point back on and we're going to be the strongest people in the galaxy. He's only going to gain more political power from his psychotic base of supporters because mm-hmm. he's a terrorist. Yeah. What? This was an awesome scene. Yeah. Him. It doesn't make sense that he was allowed to do it right now, but having that happen, watching that gun go off. Mm-hmm. That was wild. And the widespread ramifications of afterwards. What's going to happen with the Hapens? What house that and Centerpoint going to be? Yeah, he just like, he just made an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. Chapter title? Uh, a score to settle. Starfire. Shout out to the boys <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Chapter 28. Vicky Shesh's deposition to understand 
how the New Republic could possibly have missed Fondor as a target. She's a senator. She was involved in the Defense Council planning everything. Mm-hmm. This is just this is this is this more than a recap of the entire book or not? Does anything happen here other than her saying what happened in the book? <laughs> she just kind of recounts the steps of all the planning that we already sat in on. Yep. And then we come to the huts are a target and the Jedi can't save us. Yeah. The only thing new there is the huts are a target, but they already were at the beginning of the book. Cause the Vong showed up there and they were forced to bend the knee. Yeah. Right. Or the bow and squelch some kind. the tail. Uh, she just, she does that and she reinforces that the Jedi aren't saviors, which is of course, she's a spy Yeah, for the Vong. That's, they want to, the Jedi are their greatest threat. So that's who they're trying to undermine the most. Right? Mm-hmm. We cut to Leia's teary apology conversation with Prince Isolder, you know, the Prince of Hapes, you know, of the Hapen fleet that now has instantly, in a moment, lost 75% of their people. Yep. They flew in and were gone. Uh, Isolder says, no hard feelings. <laughs> War, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what he says. Yeah. It's a big loss, he says, but also a victory. No, it's not. You killed half of this Vong fleet. Yeah, they it's, think they is, won. You lost three quarters of the backup you needed. They lost half of the fleet who was already winning the war. Think about the math. I think you're still going to lose. Yep. Yeah, they, after half their fleet got destroyed, the Vong went, okay, let's get out of here. Let's go deal with the huts. And so they think they won and chase them away. They won that battle is what they think. It's everybody thinks they won Mm -hmm. except for Leia. Who was heartbroken because she brought hapes into the war. She went and dragged them out of their reclusivity. Ooh, I got that one out clean. That's good. Anakin, she knows, armed center point. Because it could have only been him. <laughs> she couldn't understand her vision in time to save everybody. These are her three reasons for uh, this is going to be. Is she going to go on a, a Han Solo uh, uh, <laughs> abandon your family adventure? Because she just got how many millions of people killed? The uh, Hapens specifically, because they weren't, they would never have been here if that guy wasn't an old flame of hers. Yep. And her son took the safety off the shotgun. <laughs> yep. And. Their irresponsible uncle pointed it at the shed that everyone else was inside. <laughs> like, oh, God. And he hoped to hit the right people. Cut to Jason watching the hollow news in his dad's favorite chair. Okay. Time jump. Not ending the chapter. This could be, this should be an epilogue, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't have the space to spend a half an empty page to just put epilogue at the top of it, right? Probably something like that, for real. Because we we just... That was current. Leia talking to his older... I guess it was a bit of a time jump. It was a little bit of a difference. Oh, well, I'm stupid. This whole chapter is a time jump. Yeah, because yeah. they had gone... Sorry, I forgot what we were doing at the beginning of this. They're on Coruscant or whatever. Yeah, exactly. 
Vicky Shesh was doing her deposition yeah. to the government on Coruscant. Leia is on Coruscant where Princess Older is leaving. Jason is in the basement of their home in his dad's favorite chair watching the news that says Thracken's a hero. Oh, and now he's a politician. Now they've started the center point party thing. I thought I had that mixed up. Whatever, guys. Spoiler for one chapter later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's a hero because of CNN, you know, and yeah. Fox News and what have you. Everyone's like, look at all the bad guys that he destroyed and stopped the attack on Fondor. And he's a good dude. Yeah. Nobody. They don't. In the writing, anyways, they don't mention all the hapens that died. No, because that's how the news works, right? Yeah. Especially if he's watching like Karelian news. And if Karelian News Network, CNN, what did I tell you? And if the people Fox News, Fondor <laughs> only extra. <laughs> the the, the people it, the people of the galaxy on a whole need some sort of good news. So they're not gonna put the bad news in. They're yeah. gonna be like, Yeah, look, we want a battle. Yay, go us. Thraken's a hero. Yep. Jason tells Anakin though, everyone that we know, everyone in your life that matters is going to be very proud that you didn't fire center point. Mm. But guess what? Guess what Anakin says? I could have made a clean shot and I know it. Quote, we're in a war for survival. And the conversation is, Where's the line between defender and aggressor? Or if we want to, let's say, destroyer and protector. Mm -hmm. Where's that line? Anakin knows he could have wiped out the Vong fleet without any ancillary damages and death. Because he is so attuned to center point that he's the only one who could fire it, right? No. But man, how about that extra little flavor of guilt for him? Yeah. And, and kind on, of let that happen. Yeah. And on Jason, too, because Jason talked him out of it. He said, yeah. Jason, where's the line? Oh, but Jason's not going to wear that. No, absolutely he's, not. He firmly believes that you shouldn't shoot it anyways. Even if you know 100% you could take that shot, you shouldn't take it because morally it's wrong anyways. Yeah. Regardless of your 100% success rate, it's morally wrong to use this weapon of mass destruction yeah. type of thing, right? Like, oof, Anakin. Constantly getting punched in the gut throughout this book series, man. I hope I hope things take a turn for the better for this kid. Cut to Luke Skywalker wrapping up the themes of the book for us, thinking about deception, stealth, misdirection. Aha! You remember that first episode? Maybe second episode? Yep. He said those three words, and I said, why is he saying that? (laughs) He is telling us what this whole book is about, and then it was every step of the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Even the misdirection at the end. Anakin walks away from the from the nuclear button. Yeah. And someone else jumps in and hits it before they shut the thing off. Yeah, he put it in the numbers and went, ah, you know what, I'm not going to fire it. He didn't it. squish the controls back down, right? He didn't shut the station down. He just stepped away. Anyways. Stealth. Deception. Misdirection. <laughs> ah. oh, he says, 
dang, the Vong got us, but we must learn from our mistakes. <laughs> yeah. With Yoda <laughs> ringing in his head. Haven't had enough time to learn yet, so. <laughs> Haven't suffered enough defeats to learn anything useful yet. Here goes Fondor. Maybe this time. Talon Card says, he says it best, I think. The Vong, what they managed to accomplish here. Quote, they sundered the huts. There's a schism in the Senate. The Hapens are out. This isn't a quote. <laughs> What's that? Where you make it smaller? Paraphrase. Thanks. Hmm? Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to start over. You paraphrase. He sundered the huts. There's a schism in the Senate. The Hapens are out of the war and the Jedi are bad guys. It's a big win. Again, five books in a row for the Yuzhan Vong. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Han Solo finally calls his wife. Yeah. He tells her he was at Fondor, but it's, quote, a long, boring story. Those are the final words of this main character of this book about his journey in this book. His final words are it's a long, boring story. Everything that happened in this book. That's like so insulting for the writer to put at the end of this book. I get it. Han is like casual, flippant, whatever. But you're literally writing in your book. This was long and boring and it doesn't matter enough to tell you. We've recapped things in this book four or five times over. We've taken yep. time to recap stuff. He finally calls his wife and calls home. And then he calls Agents of Chaos books one and two. A long, boring story. Mm -hmm. Come on. That's got to be like a, a cardinal sin of writing. Way to undersell your whole book. He could have just said long story. Yeah, Get rid of boring. Don't say boring. Yeah. Get rid of the, the negative adjective. It's a long story and you wouldn't believe me if I told you. That's the classic cliche line. Yeah. And that's that's fitting of the rogue Han Solo also. Mm -hmm. But the boring part is where I go, don't write that in your ending ever, never, never, ever. It jumped literally off of the page into my eyeballs and crawled into my brain mm -hmm. and told me this whole story was long and boring. <laughs> thanks yeah thanks for that wasted time where the bad guys just win again and then he has the audacity oh that's not how you say that word <laughs> audacity to get upset when leia tells him that she's not staying home she's got cell business to attend to yeah and well, han solo gets all petulant and grumpy and mad that she's not going to be home when he gets there yeah so i might as well not even bother coming back yeah I hate Han Solo? Yeah. Thanks, Jim. What the hell was this? Yeah. Oh, they end on worse terms than they started the two-book series. And worse than even before he called home. What the criff, man? Yeah. And then it's just... And not in like a, not in like a meaningful, earned way. It's just Han Solo being a dick. Yep. Like, just a... A clueless, self-absorbed asshole mm -hmm. for two books. Long, boring story. What the hell is this? 
He's mad that she's not going to stay home. Okay, 1940. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. Are we? Am I supposed to hate his guts right now? Because this is not at I all think so. what I want from Han and Leia. No. They're supposed to be... But how am I supposed to, to hate him. his guts when you just wrote two books of only him being the hero? And you want me to hate him? In the middle of a 19-book series that you're planning? What are we doing? <laughs> Cut to Jesus, are we done yet? Vicky Shesh is visited by someone who's definitely not a Yushan Vong <laughs> in disguise who wants to do business. Here is Pedrick Cuff. Yes. What sense does this make to end the book like this? Do we know who Pedrick Cuff is? Yes. Who? Nominor. Right. Why the hell do we care that he's trying to deal with her? She's already a spy. This is not even a revelation of sorts. No, it's just proof of what we've thought. No, we knew it. We already knew it earlier. Someone of the Vong mentioned her by name. Like halfway through the book, they did. They gave her. that secret away. Well, they did mention her about how there was this new senator in this That they thing. were working with, though. I don't think they said they were working with her. Yeah, man. Totally. I swear to God. I swear to God when it happened, that's what we, that's what we went over. Either way. This, if that's what if that's what he thinks, then that it wasn't revealed, then this is not the reveal he thinks it is. Because I've been saying for uh, two hundred pages that she's obviously the spy. Yeah. <laughs> so this being like the stinger end credit scene, where like Nominor walks into the room and there's the senator. <gasps> she's a bad guy. What? She's already been a bad guy for half the book, and this is your literal last scene. Mm-hmm. Your last two scenes are Han Solo being a piece of shit again. Yep. And a Vong making a deal that I already knew they made. But was she not already working with them? Or is Naminor trying to undermine an existing deal and make someone look stupid because he's a spy class guy? It's just not enough of a rev- interesting. Yeah, it's not interesting enough to be like this, to pop for your final scene of the book. Their banter back and forth was a little fun, but other than that, yeah, because we know what's happening. Yeah, I don't. Chapter title <laughs> for the end of the book. Assigning blame. I got a perfect one apparently. Imperfections. <laughs> What a what a slap chop messy cut fest. And we we had Recap a feeling ending. that we had a feeling that that was going to happen. There was too much happening yeah. with uh, four chapters to yeah, go. Yeah, I think we said that at the end of the last pages. One. Yeah, we might have said it both episodes in a row. Last yeah. two. Yeah, which is uh, like, oh my god. <laughs> we. Vicky Shesh literally recapped all of the subterfuge at the end of the book to start this chapter. And then the chapter ends with her being offered to work with the Yuzhan Vong. Not interesting. Yeah, or specifically working with Naminor. Uh, I don't know. Dude. 
<laughs> there it is. There it is, guys. There it is. Literally everything good is divided and broken, which is a cool story and a cool way to end things. But this felt fast and slippy sloppy, man. Yes, it did. But that's just the end. That's just the end felt that way. Let's talk about the whole book next week when we cover New Jedi Order, Book 5, Agents of Chaos 2, Jedi Eclipse with a full review and preview New Jedi Order 6, Balance Point. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Shut the book up already. <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.